Rush Truck Centers is committed to making you their top priority. Whether you're looking for same-day preventative maintenance, assistance from their dedicated service concierge team, or 24-7 access to your repair status, Rush Truck Centers offer customizable maintenance plans that cater to your needs. What are you and your truck waiting for? Schedule an appointment with the Rush Truck Center's service department or ask them to dispatch a mobile service unit when and where you need it. Visit RushTruckCenters.com to find your location's details. You can expect more from Rush Truck Centers. Hello, people of the world. I am Rebecca Nichols. Welcome to my podcast show, Finding Nirvana. For me, personally, Finding Nirvana was more about unlearning and becoming who I was destined to be. It's about releasing the shackles and stepping into uncertainty, but with surety that everything is going to plan. The divine plan. It's about releasing fear and vibing high with love. It's about living your truth and being really fucking unapologetic, babe. It's about forgiveness, deep connection, mindfulness, meditation, and hacking your own health and well-being. This is your life, your journey. And on this show, I'm here to support you through sharing and shedding some light. I'm here to empower you to be the highest version of yourself. So stay tuned, subscribe, and tell your friends, because we are going on a journey. And it is a journey, guys, and I'm super excited today to have on the show Layla. I came across Layla's work via Instagram, where she is just so honest and open and raw about her own journey into healing and becoming her um, authentic, true self, I should say. And I just was so inspired and felt empowered just reading through all the things that she shares with with the world. And so I thought it'd be great to have later on the um, the, the show today to, to just to share her story and talk a little bit about, you know, how we as women um, can be so stuck in the same cycles, attracting the, the wrong kind of men into our lives. And that's something that I've spoken about before. But really, obviously, we can get into hit this now as well more. Um and just breaking those cycles, breaking that generational trauma that, you know, I've definitely talked about as well. Um, so, Leila, welcome to the show. Hello. I'm excited to have you here. Thank you. <laughs> um, and just like, just tell us a little bit about your story. Um, you've built up such a great following online with your Instagram and really just helping loads of women around the world just be free, I suppose, in many ways. And so what what's what started it? Um, share us a little bit about where you're from and what, what's going on with you and how you, you got into it. Right. Well, I come from originally a background of um, sexual health and relationships education. I used to work with children and young people, uh, teaching in schools, colleges, youth prisons, uh, youth centres, um, all sorts of youth settings. And I, from there, um, I wanted to be able to do more. I used to get a lot of um, disclosures of sexual abuse and things like that when I was working with uh, young people Mm -hmm. in that that setting. And I always found it frustrating that I couldn't, um, I I just had to pass that information on to someone else and then let it go. Um, Mm. And I, I wanted to have more involvement. I wanted to take 
those young people's hands and and yeah. guide them through it all. So I went on to get a degree in social work, um, uh, and then I sort of moved on to working with offenders, and then I moved on to working with HIV, and then I combined my knowledge and worked with offenders with HIV. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and then I moved into child protection settings. Um, continued being um, specialising with high risk offenders, managing high risk offenders who had child uh, offences, mm. and then moved on to more specialist domestic violence work. Um, and yeah, so I've 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 got a whole big professional wow. background in yeah. um working with people healing yeah toxic uh relationships trying to undo sort of generational patterns of yeah. abuse um yeah. but I always struggled a little bit to apply everything I knew professionally to my own personal mm. life I wow that's yeah man that's really um that's admirable that you said that because even as me as a healer as a coach like I know I'm not perfect like I know there's still things that I'm working through like and even I know psychotherapists will say they still need help they're still yeah. working through their own we've all got their own shit to work through like exactly it's nice that we're all like out here just admitting that we're not these perfect human beings even though we work in settings where we're helping and coaching and guiding and helping others to heal that we all have got our own shit still that we're working through so yeah. thank yeah. you for being I so mean, honest often people will say to me they'll they'll send me dms and they'll say they've been in a situation and they thought to themselves what would Layla do and I always say to them don't don't think about what I would do think about what I would say because <laughs> I'm not always you, you know it's very easy to know exactly what's the right thing to do but when you're in that situation yourself yeah. um it can be really difficult to apply those principles but as yeah. I'm I, I like I feel like I'm at a point now where I am applying those principles but it's only yeah. been like the last two two years or so yeah um prior to that I was you know I'd be at work all day talking to people about narcissistic abuse and and, and whatever else and then I'd come home and be gaslit by some waste man so yeah. you yeah. know it was just like yeah. it, it took me a long time and it took me a long time to figure out why I, I I was making those mistakes with men and yeah. uh, but once I did it made everything very clear to me how how to go forward in the future yeah let's talk about that because I think I can really relate to you and um I've gone through toxic 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 and, and I think there's this pattern isn't it like the kind of person you attract and when I talk about energy and I talk about frequency like we're allowing things to come into our field Mm. and then what we're doing is we're emitting this this frequency and then it's like we're tuning into the radio like tuning into a radio station and what what's people are going to match whatever radio station you're on whatever yeah. you're emitting do you know yeah and sometimes we don't see that like we don't see what we're putting out we yeah. don't see what what frequency we're on because we're so kind of blind to ourselves and that many in, in many respects mm-hmm. so I'm thinking like why am I getting these kind of guys all the time what is it yeah. you know and then you look at yourself and then you're like it's me it's got to be me like it's got to be anyone else like I'm getting this this man and I, I noticed I was attracted men from these mother and father wounds and do you know anything about the father wounds and the mother wounds and it's like how that perpetuates through your relationships like the relationships you have with your your parents yeah then form every other relationship right yeah well for me it was fully my dad yeah so clear to me but it's it's so bizarre that despite ha- having such extensive training and always whenever I would do an assessment 
you know, the most important foundation of any assessment is to talk to, for example, if you're looking at child abuse, you talk to the parents and you have to understand what their experience of being parents yes. was and how that's then impacting on their their parenting now and I knew all that I understood the importance of history but Mm. it took me such a long time to go oh yeah my dad used to tell me I was too ugly to go out at the weekend so that's why I um like desperate for men to validate me sexually and physically and you know it's so weird that you can really apply that to everyone else but to me it was like I was kind of I didn't want to admit that there was links to how my relationship with my dad and how I then proceeded to go yeah. with men. Yeah. Um, and totally. I think once you start to make those connections, that yeah. you are able to start to heal. Yeah, absolutely. You have to look at it. Because like, obviously you see people that grow up in households where they have, like, you know, supportive, loving, and you see relationships, that relationship between your mother and father, and you see it, it works you know, obviously people argue, there's not like, you know, no one's perfect, but you know, there's stability, there's support, there's nurture, there's all those things. And mm. you can see those, and you know, statistically in terms of even chronic illness and like yeah. coming, and, and like obviously I, I shared with you before about the HIV, you know, when you see these things pop up in people's lives, you see the pattern of the history of their lives. You look at, they, you look at the upbringing, you look at everything, and I'm sure you can see it in patterns and certain, certain behaviours from people who are, like you said, offenders, you've worked with people, offenders, and offenders with HIV. You know, you look at their whole entire life. When you look at a being, when I look at someone that comes to me for help, whatever they've got, whatever physical ailment in their body, I'm not looking at their physical ailment. I'm not looking at their symptom. Mm. I need to look at your whole entire history of your who you've been in your life the relationships yeah. you've had your mum and dad how they treated you what it happened any trauma that happened along the way and get a great pic a, a bigger grander picture of who you are as a being because there's so much that is imprinted into us mm. that we have to lose along the way and yeah. that becomes a story of I'm yeah. not worthy and I'm not uh, and I can't find no one and I attract the wrong guys and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. and I actually I start attracting men a bit like roadman roadman wasteman the <laughs> same mm-hmm. thing like maybe slightly younger than me but I wanted to mother them yeah I wanted to nurture them and it was like maybe that's because I didn't have that in my life I didn't have my dad around at all mm-hmm. and my mum had her own mental health issues and she was attracting just waste man, waste man, waste man. Waste man. Yeah. Like she talks. So what else did I see? And then she was the same. She would just find these men that she wanted to just care for and cook and clean for and make sure they had everything they needed. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so then I did that. Like, so you just repeat what you know or what you see within your environment. And so you do have to make these real conscious decisions and form these new habits every single day, right? To Absolutely. not become that and have that awareness of what what am I doing? Like, I, was like, I, nah. <laughs> I think I think for me it's what I have figured out and what I try to do with my page is it's kind of it, it has to even be more holistic than that. Like yeah. I, I don't I think we have to so so the trauma aspect is, is one thing that we have to look at what have we been through that causes us to choose the people that we do and that's not just what have we been through with our parents that's mm. what have we been through with friends how have we mm-hmm. been treated um by you know our first boyfriends what was it yeah. like we lost our virginity so it's yeah. looking at all of our history and working that out but I think it's so much more complex than that because I think yeah. women women are in a particular position in society and we are much more vulnerable to be treated like shit just because 
of the patriarchal systems, which yeah. is misogyny because of the way that men see ownership and control over women, mm. the way we are sexually objectified. So I think there's this, this whole circle of, of healing and understanding that we have to get to before we can really start to choose better relationships. So that is the yeah. history, the trauma. It's also yeah. our, our place as women in society, really getting our heads around um, misogyny and yes. all of that kind of stuff. Yes. But then I think it goes even broader than that because we have to then have an understanding of mental health and yeah. how our mental health impacts the choices that we make yeah. um, on on in relationships. I think that we have to have a basic understanding of domestic violence. But again, that goes back mm. to the whole kind of being a woman thing. Um, yeah. I think that we have to have a really good understanding of um, of our own sexuality and our mm. sexual needs and yeah. our for pleasure and our yep. uh, ability to do that without being slags or, or yeah so I think so. it's this whole big thing of like don't just look at your trauma look at who mm. you are as a woman look mm. at your place in society you know it, it it's everything and once you get uh. your head around around where you're at in this world then you can begin to make better choices definitely definitely and I suppose like even I I noticed that you know, I go for a, I will go for a certain type of guy, and then I'll get into it, and then I realise no, you're choosing this, you're choosing this type of person again. So I'll get into it, and then like three weeks into it, and I'll go, this isn't, we're not doing this, this is not right, Rebecca. You yeah. know, I'll call myself out on it. I won't go, it won't go to the point where okay, we're engaging in sex, so that's fine. But I think we need to just give ourselves time and recognise where we're choosing, and it's always choice the yeah. same things over and over and then correct ourselves forgive ourselves and then choose again or or just don't like you know sometimes we just need to be on our own like we just so need to just have that space yeah to like now for me it's like just my kids and I go gym and I'm taking care of my body and I'm meditation and I'm like eating well and I'm just so focused on my career and so I think it's about channeling that energy. Like sometimes we're not focused on our own gifts and our own abilities. Um, and in terms of that, it's like the sacral chakra, but that's also associated with sexuality, like you said. Yeah. So it's like when you channel that sexual energy into a creative energy, because it's only just a creative energy, all sexual energy is creative energy, no matter what, because it's there for us to create life mm. or create whatever it is with it. That energy is powerful and there's nothing wrong with it. Like, yeah. but it's understanding, okay, I can take that energy, conserve that energy, turn that energy in and transmute that energy into, you know, whatever it is. Like I'm working towards getting my health coaching um, qualifications. So like there's so many things that I know that I need to do for me. I've got serious goals. Yeah. And so like people can't come into that space and F that up. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. it's like, because I'm so in my head, like, no, not again. Yeah. And if I catch myself getting into a, getting into it or falling into those old patterns of feeling needy or feeling wanted or feeling abandoned or feeling like lonely, yeah. all the time that is what it is. Yeah. I yeah. have to rec- I have to recognize like where can I then find someone who can fill that gap for me, like make new friends, maybe get a new tribe of people that support me who have the same mindset. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not fall into that same old trap of just wanting someone just to be around just for the sake of having someone around yeah yeah exactly and I think that's the thing I think I I, I mean I had to go celebrate for a little while yeah to stop all of that because I wasn't you know I never felt right if there wasn't a man in my life if I wasn't in a relationship but then I was sometimes it would just be like you know a fuck buddy or a situationship or something but I realized that what I wanted them for was 
because I was lonely or because I wanted yeah. that male attention. I wasn't even having good sex with them. I wasn't mm. having orgasms. I wasn't able to articulate what it was that I needed. I was having sex for them. Sex was being done to me. And so it wasn't until I had a period of celibacy where I was able to like totally rethink my attitude towards sex and men. And and that was really powerful for me. Like I, mm. I, I, I after a while I realized, oh my God, I don't, need these men at all (laughs) and now I'm in a position where that's really empowering that's really empowering when you get that when you actually get that realization it's the most empowering thing for a woman it really is empowering and now I'm in a position where actually I want to have sex I feel like I've out on really good sex for many years I feel like I was robbed of that and now that I understand how it's supposed to be and now that I understand how to articulate that and I know that I won't tolerate any shit sex anymore I want to have it but I want, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I'd like to have a boyfriend, but if I don't yeah. have one, I don't feel that I'm compromising myself by getting into a sexual situation with a man because yeah. I am in control of that no matter what. Yeah. Um, so, so, so I, I really do think that if you are in that frame of mind where it's like, I need a man, a period of celibacy is the best thing that you can do. It through. is. I mean, I had to go through a period of celibacy to heal my body. Um, and that was doing that again, going in and doing all that, all internal work. Yeah. And looking at and healing that, 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 that womb, healing the womb. Cause there's so much trauma that holds in the womb on a, on a, on an energy level mm. that can actually pre- prevent us from having children, fibroids, endometriosis, all this stuff through, through my own research and through working with lots of other women, it's all trauma. Yeah. It's all trauma, and then some of it's linked to sexual abuse, which that which happened in my life as well. Mm. You know, I was groomed by when I was sixteen by with a, by a male relative. You know mm. what I mean? Mm. Uh, an older male relative. So that kind of just my whole out, out, outlook on life from a young age was then like, oh, you know, I can get what I want, manipulate my body to get what I want, or get yeah. this, this, this for sex and, and sex. So the whole idea of how I looked at sex was just like whatever, mm. and I could detach my feelings away from it. Which I don't think we should. I think we mm-hmm. should feel, and I think we should have that connection. But then I was able to say to me, "You're like a man with tits." <laughs> I was yeah. like, I was like too in my masculine for so many years, mm. you know, and and just getting what I wanted, um, and just things had to flip and change, like because I knew I couldn't continue to be that being anymore. I knew yeah. I had to step into my feminine. And actually, we're, we as women are most powerful in that place. But also, men need to be in that place as well. Men too much in their to- their masculinity is toxic. Yeah. You know, when they're not embracing their feminine and opening up emotionally, I mean, men don't as well. We we know that. Mm. Um. But I find as women, we really appreciate a man who can be open with their feelings, right? And yeah. Really express themselves in all areas, in the bedroom, out of the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> but we want exactly. that. We want that. Yeah, I think what men seem to be lacking is like basic emotional intelligence. Yes. Uh, I don't. I see. I think emotional intelligence comes fairly easily to women. I think mm-hmm. that's why we choose caring professions and nurturing professions. And I think it's just within us because of that maternal instinct. We have to be in tune with what somebody might need emotionally. You know, when we have nonverbal children, we have to be able to have that instinct that says this little thing needs care and attention right now. Mm. And so I think we've got that inbuilt within us. And then we have expectations that men are going to match us there. And mm. they don't. And I, rather than what we've been doing for all these years, is just going, oh, men don't match that. Um, you know, I'll have to get the emotional, uh, you know, 
my emotional needs catered to by my friends, even though I'm in a relationship with a man. Mm. But but we, we, we need to stop letting them get away with that. You know, women yeah. have been in self-development for fucking years. Yeah. We, we, we have been, you know, I think we have um, looked at ourselves and, and we've been going through this personal healing and development for a very long time, whereas we've just kind of left men where they're at. Uh, just yeah. kind of going, okay. And actually, I think the self-development needs to really start from their end where... Yeah. I think all of us have been in relationships with men where we've had to, where we felt that their emotional responses to things are not good enough. I know yeah. that in every relationship I've been in, totally. I have been in a situation where some shit has happened at work or whatever, and I've just needed my man to listen and to be yeah. there. And you might text them and say some shit's happened at work, and they'll just go, wow, going off to watch the Arsenal match later. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then you have to spend the next five hours going, hey, babe, like, I just really needed you to be there for me. And you know, we shouldn't have to be fucking so teaching them. I used to write, like, long emails to my ex-boyfriend explaining everything. And it was like, he'd, he'd send one back and it'd be like two words. And I'd be yeah. like, you fucking cunt. I'm just, like, sat there for, like, an hour, like, pouring out my heart, telling you this, this, this. And you've well, got, like... Then we're pouring out my heart. We're always, like, telling them, this is what you should be doing. This is how you're supposed to respond to what I've just done. This is how you're supposed to match me emotionally. This is how you're supposed to care for my emotions. Yeah. We shouldn't have to be... Nobody taught us that. We fucking no. that shit out. So, yeah. But, again, like, you've got, you've got to understand what they've been, what, how they've been raised, what they've seen in their environment. Yeah. Um, you know what how they saw their dad deal with their that their emotional their you know his, yeah. their intelligence their emotion you know so yes it's easy just to go they need to be this 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 but um I admire my ex-boyfriend because we in the in the end we parted and we parted with love although we had fucking shit storms going on within our relationship and we had a lot of healing to do between us like mm. we were on that journey we've helped each other a lot yeah you know when we look back um he's gonna go into his next relationship a fucking better man and she's a lucky woman like yeah I fucking, do you know what I mean and the same as like I know what to expect um and what what I want and I'm really clear around boundaries you know what mm. I allowed in that relationship I'm not allowing in my next relationship 100% I've learned those lessons yeah um and I think that's that's the part of it, you know. That's the part of going through the shit. As long as you're, as long as you're growing, as long as you're learning, yeah. um, and as long as you're forgiving of yourself and others and what you've experienced in life, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like it's because I think that's the thing. Like we we hold on to shit too much, and then there's this whole like we can't go into the next relationship holding on to the old relationship and holding mm. on to all that baggage. We can't be going in there with our hearts all closed off. Yeah, and not being ready to receive love. Yeah, because we won't receive it. That's just how law of attraction works. If we're gonna yeah. go into life and be like, oh, I'm ready to receive universe, bring me the man, and whatever, you know, he's gonna show up at some point when you're ready, when you're aligned. But if you're like men are all wankers and oh, I'm gonna keep my heart heart off and I'm not gonna let no one get in, and that, yeah, that can ha I understand why that happens. Yeah. And it's really scary going into a new relationship and opening up your heart and telling everyone all this shit and go through that, the whole thing again. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just part and parcel of it, isn't it? Yeah, at the end of the day, yeah. like, and sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm going to be rejected. I might be rejected if I tell them my, my whole life story. Or they might well, especially like some of the shit that I've gone through in my life, yeah. you know. Um, but I think authenticity is is it's the way to be out here these days I think you know someone's gonna someone's gonna accept you or they're not gonna accept you it doesn't matter 
Yeah, like, I think the fear of rejection holds us back so badly. Yeah. Uh, I, I always say to people, like, you know, if you've been cheated on before or any of those things, you know, it didn't kill you. It mm. didn't break you. You might feel broken, but it didn't break you. Mm. You, you know, and, and to be fearful of going into another relationship and there you know that, that you think you're going to get cheated on in every single relationship firstly mm. that makes it more likely that you're going to get cheated on because you're yeah. going to spent with behaviors that w- will Push make someone away maybe, yeah, yeah exactly yeah. um but also it's about understanding that even if they do cheat on you it's not going to kill you and it's you're not about you okay. it's, it's not, not about, about you, you. <laughs> yeah it's not about you and and it's about understanding that you know potentially any relationship that we could get in with anyone you know especially women who've been through abusive relationships they're quite fearful to get into new relationships in case the man turns out to be a shit again and then for them it's quite devastating if they meet someone else and then he does turn out to be like that but I always say there's like billions of people out in this world and you are going to come across shitty people yeah the power that we hold now is that when we've been through cheating or we've been through abuse or all of those things, we become much more clear about what the red flags are and yeah. we're much more clear about what we should have avoided in the first place. And so, yeah, you might be seeing someone for three weeks or three months and then suddenly these red flags appear. Listen, it can happen terrible. even quicker than that, trust me. It I've, can I, happen after a week, but, yeah. but that's a brilliant thing. That is a that brilliant thing because then, yeah, same. I mean, like, I've, I've got so many examples of when I've started dating people and then I've seen certain things things and then you know what I've addressed them there and then I haven't let it go by I haven't expected them to change I haven't like then said oh no I'm losing my fucking mind or whatever yeah. like you know you kind of doubt yourself you know and I've questioned a lot of things and the thing is now my discernment is like 100 like I can discern shit I, my radar is just Mine on too. point yeah. and your intuition one thing I know is that I should never ignore my intuition that's one thing I've learned over the years when it comes mm. to anything I would be a lot richer and a lot happier and probably a lot healthier if I had listened to my gut and yeah. I think as women we have that so you know <laughs> if we're ignoring these signs Mm. If, if, it, if 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 things look smell off and feel off they're fucking yeah. off yeah they're yeah. off and you're not mad to walk away or question that and if anyone and if they come to you and say oh yeah, whatever you're acting all just listen just walk away right there and then because yeah. like you said there's seven fucking billion people on this planet like what are you doing wasting your time and energy on something where it, it's not in the beginning you know, there's so many fitness opportunity for you to really express yourself and say and be clear about what you want. Yeah. Like we don't we don't get what we want because we don't we're not clear about what we want. Yeah, exactly. I think so many of us are scared of being the ones to end things, especially if that is based on our intuition and it's not based on some evidence presented in front of us. Mm. I think there's always a sense of uh, I did a post about it the other day where it's like in my life, I haven't said fuck off enough times because I've yes. this <laughs> feeling of thinking, do I actually want you to fuck off? Because if you fuck off, then what have I got? Yeah, I'm back I'll be on my own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Powerful. So, yeah, we have to get so much better at saying fuck off. Yeah, yeah. no, totally. I've, I wish that's my only regret in life that I didn't tell enough people to fuck off. And that's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. That is literally it, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's just like in terms of like dating and advice. What would you give to someone in terms of like if they're getting into something? What what would be the what would be the thing that would you say to them to look out for and to like have? I, I mean, I, let's talk about boundaries because I think that's really really important. Like when you're starting out on this scene, mm. 
and getting into it out of a relationship. Dating can be like, mm, you know. Oh, it's very daunting, especially if you're going on some dating apps. I think a lot of us have experienced, I mean, certainly I was in a long-term relationship which started before dating apps came along and then finished. And when I was then finally single again, I I was thrown into this world that I hadn't experienced before. Right, yeah. Didn't exist when I met my son's dad. So yeah. I didn't know how to navigate them properly. I, I Now I can tell a catfish page for, from a mile off. I yeah. can tell a man who's got a girlfriend a mile off. I can yeah. tell a man who's just there for sex a mile yeah. off. I, I, I only managed to get to being able to know all that from having multiple bad experiences yeah. online dating. So I became very familiar with what the red flags were yeah. and 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 now I I I know what how to heed them. But there's there's red flags for a lot of different things. People always say what are the red flags in dating, but red flags appear for you know, there's red flags for abuse and control, there's red flags for a cheating person, there's red flags yeah. for a waste man, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's not, you know, there's, there's so many different red flags that relate to so many different things. Yeah. <laughs> I say, your gut is the most powerful. Your gut thing. is so important. I think, like, as women, we, you know, we, we can get into that death, we can attract things from a place of desperation. If we're given off that signal of desperation, people pick up on that. Men men are very good at picking up that. And they're fucking, some of them can be manipulative in that. If they see you're a bit insecure, yeah. Like they know how to fucking charm you. Yeah, oh, like yeah. They know what to say. That's yeah. the scariest thing about some of that, you know. They know exactly what you need to hear. If they pick up and feel like you're not quite confident and you're not quite sure about yourself, mm. they'll feed off that. You know what I mean? They'll be like, oh, yeah, I can just tell her she looks pretty and maybe like getting her knickers or whatever, whatever. I can compliment yeah. her enough, and you know. Mm. Um, so I've, I've know, I know how to discern and like how to spot just the charmer. Who's, yeah. got, who's got words because sometimes everyone's got words mm-hmm. like always look for like the action always look and see what's, <laughs> what's really going on and actually just like you know be honest like have a look I find like I'm on hinge at the moment and I, I've been on and off it for a bit yeah but also I go on there and I'm kind of like this is my situation I'm at home I've got two kids I'm single mom like I'm honest about everything Mm. Um, I tell them that I'm like in a really good place in my life. I don't need no one really, but I'm, mm. I'm just looking to see what what the possibility could be. Yeah, I think be really really clear about what you what, where you are, and what you want, and then you know you can just start to get in. You can see the people that are really going to be interested in you, yeah. and get to know you, and just spend as much time getting to know someone as you can. Yeah, like, talk to them. I think. For as long as you possibly can, maybe before out and meeting them. Yeah, don't go on dates just off off a dating site. I think you need to mm. see their social media first. And mm-hmm. there's very very few people that would have a dating app and have no social media. So yeah. some people don't. You know, there there are some people in the world who've got no Facebook, no Instagram, no Snapchat, none of that. But you're unlikely to have a dating app on your phone if you're not connected to that social media mm. world in that that's way. That's a good point. That's a good point. So I rarely believe someone if they say to me I haven't got any social media. I think that is a sign that they've got a, a, a partner. A partner, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and also I want to see your social media, even if you haven't got a partner. I think it gives a feel, you know, who obviously, you are. Obviously, yeah. that, you know what you put on your Instagram is just highlight reel of your life. It's yeah. not obviously going to reflect exactly all the shit that you've got going on. But I've been on people's pages. I've matched someone on on a, a dating app before, gone on their Instagram and seen a load of like, 
you know, quiet misogynistic posts, the kind of shit that I might call out, things that they yeah. think are funny that are just really aren't funny, like, yeah. um, you know, so 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 you can get a feel of somebody a little bit from from their social media. It also means that you can see that they're not a catfish; they're a genuine person. Yeah. I like to make sure that they've got conversations with friends going on there, so that I can see that they're normal. They've got a life. Yeah. They've got people around them. Yeah. Um, so so I really think it's incredibly important to actually do that whole social media thing. Talk mm. on the phone a bit before you go on a date, especially for us as, as mothers. I have yes. not got the fucking time to waste. I, no, babies are expensive. Do you know what I mean? I have to plan like two weeks in advance. Yeah, yeah. Sure I need yeah. to know that I'm not going to turn up there and you're going to have dead conversation and it's going to be a waste of my night. So I yeah. like do a lot of groundwork before no. really meet yeah, up. Yeah, and I think, like, I think it's all, I was having a conversation with a girlfriend yesterday about it, and I think this is whole concept that, like, we're maybe running out of fucking time. Mm. Like, I've got two kids now, so, like, I'm not really bothered about, like, oh, my biological clock is ticking. I'm 39. Yeah. I'm 39. I'm not fucking bothered about having any more kids. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So I've got a different perspective on it. Mm. But then there's some women that are in that real desperation phase of their life like if I don't meet a man now my eggs are gonna dry up and that which is all just kind of fear-mongering anyway from the medical people like well, no, are... I mean I think that is a realistic thing I think I've you know I've got a lot of friends I'm 37 I've got yeah. a lot of friends who are who are over 35 now they haven't met the right person they know that they want to have children and they know that there are obviously other options for donors and foster yeah. adoption and all of that sort of stuff. But, you know, there is an innate need for some people, not everybody. Mm, some no. people don't want to have kids and that's absolutely fine. Yeah. But for some people, there is this innate thing. They want to carry yeah. their own babies. They want yeah. to have children. And, and I think, you know, the reality is that your fertility drops off massively after mm. 35. Mm. And then after 45, you've got a lot of risks associated yes. with, with with pregnancy that yeah. that you that you would want to avoid if you could. Yeah. So I get that it becomes a, a sort of panicky situation for at a certain age. But I also think that, like you say, that's being panicked about it is not going to bring it any closer to you, and actually is likely to maybe make it less likely to happen because there will be this sense of desperation. There will be this sense of I need your sperm. And yeah. so if you're going out into dating thinking, shit, I need this man to be my baby father within the next yeah. year, then yeah. you're not going to be dating in, in, in the way that you should be. You're not yeah. going to be free and easy and you're not going to be maybe following your gut or looking at red flags because you will maybe overlook a lot of things thinking, I just want, you know, a, a kid. Yeah. But actually yeah. the reality is that life is so much better having no children at all than it is <laughs> having them with the wrong partner, you know? Yeah, um, well, that's it. That is Sorry. it. It is. It, it, it's, a, it's a sad state of affairs, really, when most women looking at like this point in like twenty, like, you know, twenty nineteen, where this is happening, where we're yeah. we're just not finding suitable partners. Like, what is what is happening? And it's like, how do we, how do we create this change now for? I, you know, but I, I think it's the responsibility of men. I, I have to say that I almost I was thinking about this the other day, and this is obviously a bit of a far out fucking thought but I'm gonna say it anyway yeah like, go I, anything I, goes here anything goes like you know <laughs> I think what's been happening is that it's harder to find relationships now because we are a bit more woke 
I yeah. know that if I was just incredibly basic and I did, and my standards for men were not that high and I was willing to put up with a bit of control and a bit of misogyny and a bit of shit sex, I could have a boyfriend right now very yeah. easily. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Very, very easy to find a man if you don't have standards. Now, the problem is that a lot of us women are waking up to the fact that this behavior is not okay, this treatment is not okay, and yeah. I am going to say it, and I am, and I am going to walk away yeah. and continue presenting with it. So for, for, for women who have raised themselves a bit higher, it is harder to find relationships. And I almost feel like in order to change what's happening at the moment, men are going to have to be the ones that raise up higher. And, yeah. and we Me all us. It's almost, exact, yeah. it's almost like a generation of women are going to have to sacrifice ourselves because the only way we're going to change this fuckboy mentality is if yeah. nobody tolerates it. If yeah. all of us say, nah, yeah. then if they, they know that they cannot get a woman with the way yeah. they behave, then yeah. they have to change in order yeah. to get women. Totally. I love so it, it totally. feels like, yeah, we almost have to, like, a whole generation of us just have to go, no stop fuck well, off well like you um I practice celibacy at the moment and I just like it just I find that really empowering and I think if more of us women held off did the, the celibacy thing for a bit had higher standards didn't give out so easily questioned mm. everything whatever these boys wouldn't have boys <laughs> boys men then we wouldn't have anywhere to go to you know what I mean they'd, they'd run out of options and they but then they would be forced to like look at themselves and think oh these women aren't really having it these days yeah. in a minute like you yeah. know um but then I understand how difficult that can be to break that as well as women like we're so used to like you know as I said we all have sexual needs we all have desires we all want pleasure but you know just look masturbation's fine like you know vibrators work like you know there's there's options that we have like you know whereas men maybe maybe not like that so much some men I know that don't want to masturbate at all like oh masturbation that's weird like yeah I'm like self-pleasure is not a problem no you know exactly. it's not a problem at all like as I feel like more women are like more accepting of it and getting into it whereas like some guys would rather like just go and have sex with a random girl than masturbate yeah 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 exactly which is nice well, no, it's completely mad. And I, and I also, I mean, somebody sent me this article the other day that was talking about sex education in schools. And it was, it was some fucking ridiculous headline about like all children from six and over are going to be um, forced to go home and self-stimulate or whatever. And that's clearly not what's being taught in schools. Um, but no. I think that that is a really important message to give to our children, yes. which is that you can pleasure yourself. You don't yes. have seek other people out to give you physical pleasure yeah um and, yeah. And, and actually when you get to know yourself and you understand what works for you then when you yeah. are ready to have sex you have much better sex you feel yeah. much more control of your body so whilst yeah. I don't think we should be saying to six-year-olds hey have you ever thought about masturbation but <laughs> no. we also yeah. shouldn't be demonizing masturbation and no see them touching themselves we should say hey you don't do that in 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 you know on the sofa yeah. but yeah. if you are in bed at night if you do want to do that that's fine there's nothing yeah. wrong with it um yeah. yeah so I do think we should be making you know what is wrong with 
touching yourself? No, like... nothing. Absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. And like, you know, something as a woman, I had to go on that journey to discovering my clitoris, you know, yeah. and like, how does this thing work then? And, um, you know, that, that's why I've been able to go long periods of time without sex and, and do the whole celib- kind of celibacy thing, kind of celibacy, because, you know, <laughs> self yeah. But, you know, just not abstain from sex from having enough being. Because also in terms of energy, here's another thing. When you're engaging with someone physically you're not just engaging with someone physically yeah you're engaging with them mentally emotionally and spiritually things that maybe like a lot of people don't really still get Mm -hmm. that aspect of things you're taking on whatever they're dealing with you're taking that energy on and you're merging that energy together so Mm -hmm. that can be life building like life force building depending on where they're at in their life Mm -hmm. or it can be draining and so some sex can literally take the fucking life out of you. And I've, and then that's one thing I recognize from he- healing my own body is that I looked into Ayurveda to heal my body. And so there was foods and things I had to do to rebuild my prana. I mm. had to rebuild my oyas and, and rebuild my energy up because I was so depleted from everyone that was just taken from me, like physically, sexually, um, mentally, emotionally. I was this caregiver. I was helping everyone, but mm. I wasn't self-nurturing. so a lot of us women have that like you said we're naturally caregivers we're not actually nurturing we want to find men that we can take care of that was me Mm -hmm. so I had to stop and say like no I had to abstain obviously from sex and I had to then rebuild my my body bit by bit and every single level we've got four bodies which make up your aura Mm. and that's all emotional physical spiritual mental but then there's only like we're, we're only walking around here and looking at our flesh and we're ignoring these different aspects of us as being yeah then, you know, we're going to be getting into trouble. If you're just looking at a man and seeing his flesh and thinking, yeah, he's nice. Yeah, and that's just yeah. one aspect of them as a being. You can't look at someone's flesh and think then that's going to be enough for you, which obviously we do and humans do. And it's nothing wrong to admire some flesh. Mm-hmm. Like, that's okay. You might have a certain type of guy that you go for and that's what you're into. But then, you know, it's, I, I know it's really hard to find a guy that's good looking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, has got the emotional intelligence, who's got the physical, who's got the spiritual. That's a, that's a hard, that's a, just get one to tick those boxes. Yeah, the whole, the whole. <laughs> and that's the thing, it's just about not settling. It can, it's very easy to maybe find somebody who you've got the physical attraction, but they don't meet your emotional <clears throat> needs or they meet your emotional needs, but you don't really find them that attractive or, you know, to get that whole package is... Yeah. it's worth waiting for I, I would rather be single for yeah. 10 yeah. years rather than having 10 inappropriate relationships or yeah. getting relationships in 10 years to then reach that point of meeting that person who I know is proper I, and right. I think you've got to believe it's out there though haven't you I think, you've, oh, got to really be- I think you've got to really believe that's possible for you and that's I think that's how we track things into our into our field mm. you know we've got this every, this whole life really this whole life thing it's just an illusion anyway it's just a reality it's just kind of an illusion it's all a creation everything you see has been created we are creators and so when what we create within ourselves within our world we that is mirrored like what's going on in the inside of us is mirrored within our reality, what we see in the physical. So when we are doing the work on ourselves as women, mm. eventually, and it will happen, and sometimes we have to practice patience. We, we're living in a microwave society. Let's face it. If you can go on and, and get sex, like go on an app and get sex just like that, then yeah. why, that's the problem. Yeah, I think that's because it's it's like since sex got easier to find, love love got harder to find. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 
and and so yeah we, we we've got to really look at ourselves we can't we can't blame we can't always just blame the men it's easy just i know they've got to be this and they've got to be that but there's good men out there mm-hmm. there's good men out there in there the are. world there but are. if we're in a space of thinking oh they're not and all men are this this, this then we're just going to keep attracting the same people into our thing, yeah into our yeah. reality based on how we think and feel about ourselves yeah so i think we just continue to nurture and love ourselves for as long as it takes. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I, I know we feel like we're running out of time. I really appreciate the women out there who feel like they're running out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, you just never know how your life's going to turn around. I started getting into this work four years ago, five years ago now. Yeah. You know? And within two weeks, I'd manifested a million pounds on the lottery just from doing the, the law of attraction stuff. What? So, <laughs> a million pounds on the lottery? Yeah. Oh, my so, God. <laughs> so when I say I know law of attraction and how it really works, I fucking know law of attraction, how it works. And I teach this to people all the time. So <laughs> if I you, do that, you hit the lottery. <laughs> but I, I mean, that, that, that was an interesting journey. But also just... I know that in my mind, when I'm right, when I'm worthy, when I'm not having it, when I'm when I know what I'm worth, when it's not really, it's all about self worth on such a deep level. Yeah. And sometimes you have to change that narrative in yeah. your head. Like I, I had a shit money story for years. I was always like, my I'm gonna be broke forever. Or, my mum was broke, and that's that whole generational thing that we repeat. Mm. But for, for, as soon as I started switching it, the narrative in my head, like, no, I'm worthy of money. I'm worthy of abundance. I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. Of- it started to arriving in my life. It was there, like, waiting for me to say... So there's amazing... There's so much material out there now. There's so many books. I'm reading um, Gabby Bernstein's book at the moment called Super Attractor. And she just talks about the same thing. Like, we are attracting all the fucking time. Mm. But we are only attracting on what we feel we're worthy of. So if you're only feeling you're worthy of a fuckboy, then that's what you're going to keep getting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the bottom line of it. Mm-hmm. That is the bottom line of it. Yeah, it is. And I I talk about that. I've got two blogs. I've got The Law of Attraction and Get Happy. And I talk about, you know, how how the Law of Attraction can break that cycle of the narrative in your head. Because, like we've discussed already, if you're constantly saying men are shit, men are shit, men are shit, you will only attract shit men. Because men who don't think they're shit will not come near you. Like, it... you know, a good man is going to want to avoid a woman who thinks that men are shit. If, <laughs> if I met a, a man who hated all women, I'm not going to go near him. But if I hated myself, then perhaps I might be attracted to him. So, yeah. you know, it's not magic. It is It is really, it's common sense. It's, it's logic. Yeah. Um, the way that you think affects the way that you behave the way that you behave affects how other people see you and treat you how other people see you and treat you affects yep. the way you think and feel that yeah. then, you know, it's, a it's, it's all internalized it's all it's all the internal internal stuff that we've got to continue to work on and it, it is consistency with that like I should I say to women just write a journal write like exactly write down this is the power of writing down and creating in many ways. Just get like a piece of paper and just really be clear about the kind of man, not necessarily the physical qualities I've got, I've got from two years ago, my ideal man, Mm. but like, it's about how he makes me feel. It's about how he treats me. Yeah. I want good sex. Um, and I want good sex often, but Mm -hmm. I'm not like, he has to look like this and his penis has to be this. (laughs) Yeah. Not necessarily that. Like I know that I know that the Lord, I know my, I know whatever you believe in, but God, higher power. I know they know that my desire, desires of my heart. I know what I need, 
and I know yeah. what I want and I know that will match I'll get that eventually yeah but yeah. it's it's kind of like always thinking about lifelong partner and you can grow with yeah like exactly. this is if you're going to look for a partner you're looking for some of the rest of your life mm-hmm. you know someone that will hold your hand through the dark times not necessarily all like just to be there for you and, yeah. and support you, like fully support you on all levels. Like, yeah. and some people want rich men and, you know, fair enough. Maybe you want a man with money, uh, but that's not everything. I learned, I learned that the hard way. <laughs> Thinking yeah. Money I mean, going to make me happy. Yeah. I always avoid, I always tell people to, to avoid that kind of line of thinking because you just, A, money won't bring you happiness and B, that situation can change. You can get with a broke man who, who t- in 10 years time, is going to become a multi-millionaire or you can get yeah. with a rich man who is about to become bankrupt so you know yeah. my, money is not always going to be there. comes and goes it can come and go yeah totally well I think we've covered so much today um and I, I've got to head off now and go get my little girl from nursery uh, and it's just been lovely to chat 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 with you and, and discuss these stuff. I've got so much I've got such a large following of women that I know will really benefit from these conversations and you know just women just out there listening just please just take these take these words of wisdom from us we've experienced it we we've um, been through the heartache we've been through the trauma we've we're here we've healed ourselves we're, we're trying to be this beacon of light in the world and, and help other women as well I mean that's my thing especially when it comes to like obviously preventing sexual transmitted diseases like something that I would never wish upon anybody yeah um and because it can be avoided we can protect ourselves we should be protecting ourselves uh on all levels you know not just the physical but the emotional the spiritual and whatever and when we really 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 love ourselves like yeah. on such a level able to look in the mirror and say you are enough you yeah. know yeah We're hating and, ourselves. And that, that one statement is so powerful just to be yeah. like I am enough I'm enough yeah. I don't see anything more than what I am I I am enough yeah uh, and, and I think we need to keep remembering that and repeating that yeah. totally totally okay. thank you for your time um, it's just been amazing um we'll connect and stay in touch because yeah i'd love to be able to do some more work with you or something i don't know <laughs> it sounds good yeah thank you for having me on you're welcome all right um, take, take care, care. Bye. bye looking for a particular part then look no further rush truck centers all makes parts catalog features more than sixteen thousand of the most popular all makes parts from the top suppliers in the industry and with the quality brands you know and trust and at 164 full color pages this is their biggest catalog to date our friends at rush truck centers have great deals for you all year long check out their monthly parts and service specials in store and online and when you're ready to order shop online with parts connect at rushtruckcenters.com expect more from rush truck centers